My name is Brie Castellini. I used to be a spy. My name is Chris Cherry. I used to think we weren't recording today. And this is Burn Noticed, a weekly, read it weekly, rewatch of the USA television masterpiece Burn Notice about Michael Weston, a spy. Throughout this weekly podcast, <laughs> we'll be rating each episode on whether it is A, an episode of television, B, a great episode of television, or C, a great episode of Burn Notice. If you want to get in touch with us for any reason other than criticism, which just... To remind you, we will never accept under any circumstances. Check the episode notes for our contact info. So, yeah, you were officially two hours and 40 minutes late. I was. (laughs) Because this recording session was not officially on the books. Well, what on the books means is a matter of discussion. But yeah, apparently when I was making all of our recording calendar invites, I skipped this week in adding it to Chris's calendar, even though if eagle-eyed viewers of this calendar, which are you and I, can see clearly what the like what we're recording each day. So today is Burn Noticed, Season 7, Episode 5 and 6. Okay, but so, I'll show you what it looks like on my calendar. Well, I've changed it now. And no, I also no, no. just added no, it. No, but I mean, I'll show you what it looks like on my calendar. This is very great for the podcast. Mm-hmm. It, I literally, it's just that. Okay. I never open it. I just look and see Burn Notice. It literally... <sighs> well, it I've labeled all of them burn... so we know when we're done with this. <laughs> it doesn't even say Burn Notice. It just says Burn Notice. Like, but I know that's what it is. Okay, well then, on the books is especially up in the air, definitionally. But yeah, for whatever reason, I had added Chris to every calendar invite except for this weekend's. And then when I texted her about going to Starbucks before the session, she was like, so (laughs) funny story. (laughs) And then it turns out she can't be here next week. Yeah. So the most unreliable. But it's fine. We'll we're still we're still, we're still ending. We're still we're still ending literally the weekend before I go to Oregon for a week and a yeah. half. So all that was well Is will well. continue to be well. Exactly. We just have to extend one more week of uh, recording this godforsaken podcast, <laughs> which I am honestly gonna miss which i am also gonna miss because especially because now we're talking about this final season which i think is pretty solid yeah like i literally like my roommates came by and it was like hey do you want to like do this thing and i was like no i'm having to do burn at us it's like but it's like been solid this season <laughs> yeah it's not quite as much of a like what's the word not struggle but like slog, slog there yeah. it is See, you always know. I always know. I know words. (laughs) You know words. Well, um, speaking of words, let's talk some about Season 7, Episode 5, Exit Plan. There's not much more to say about you being late. No, there isn't. (laughs) No, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Let's give this episode what it deserves. Some words. Some words. (laughs) This episode aired July 11th, 2013. It was written by Michael Horowitz, the final solo M. Horowitz episode of all Burn Notices. And it was directed by Mark Hoskin. Uh, And by Hoskin, I mean Roskin. Mark Roskin, which is his name. Right. Not Bob Hoskins. Not Bob Hoskins. Mark Roskins. But without the S at the end. Okay. I will say this up front. (laughs) And I know we have a very stern rule about not talking about next week, next week. Mm-hmm. Like this week, we talk about next week, next week. Yep. Next week is a Rashad Razani. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this episode feels like a Rashad Razani, and next week feels like a Michael Horowitz. 
I was sort of having the same thing. I forgot that it was Michael Horowitz until I like, after I I watched it all and recapped it, it definitely did. It feels weird. So now I'm especially excited to see their co-written episode in a couple of weeks. Exactly. Yeah, because it, yeah, they're kind of bleeding into each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they're both just really strong writers. They really are. Yeah, they they are officially my two favorite writers of the of the roster, directed by Mark Roskin. But directed by Mark <laughs> Roskin. Um, but yeah, no, does not quite feel like a Michael Horowitz episode. Mm-mm. But it also in that's in the same way that like this whole season feels less like a season of Bird Notice and mm-hmm. more like Bird Notice the movie. Right. Yeah. The the. Everyone's trying different things this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's their sort of last hurrah finale season. And you know what? I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad that they're no. mixing things up. No, I'm not at all. I wish they could have done it sooner. I kind of do too. But in any case, the IMDb description of this episode is Strong must convince Fiona to help Michael, who must escape from Cuba with the help of a former Russian spy in Burke's organization. Yeah, that's what it's about. It sure is. Yeah. So let's get into the weeds. Because right, the boys are in the weeds right now. The boys are in the weeds. They're in the weeds. They're in the woods. They're searching for Alana Tall, uh, a.k.a. Sonia. And they are arguing about where she could have gone when Michael figures out that she's laying a false, like, path for them and assumes she has doubled back. So at the exact same volume that they've already been discussing right. this at. This is the weirdest <laughs> moment. It's like, they, they have been talking, like, full volume, like normal dudes just talking But like, oh, she's laying a trap for us. She's not going that way. And then again, they talk at the same volume. Like, I guess we better go that way. (laughs) They're like, the only difference in like the deliveries is that the acting is worse. Yeah, exactly. Like, basically, Michael has Sam and Jesse follow the false path while he doubles back to catch her doubling back. But yeah, all of it is same pitch, same volume, except for now it's like, we are going to go to the highway where she probably definitely is. Goodbye. No one, we're, all three of us are going through the woods in this other direction. <laughs> it's so weird. It's very strange. But it works out. And as Michael is doubling back, she jumps out of a tree and holds him at gunpoint while they exposit at each other for a little while, kind of testing the waters. Yeah. And eventually she is convinced that at least somewhat he is trustworthy. Um, and she, he, during this sort of standoff, Michael sticks with his burnout spy story and they decide, okay, we are at peace currently. Yeah. I'm so glad Alana Tall is here. Me too. Really she's fucking good. Right. I love Alana Tall. I think she's very, very good. Mm-hmm. I feel like she has never been given a good vehicle. Yeah, she, like, she, I mean, she was great in Veronica Mars, but, like, she didn't, she des- yeah. she deserved to be Veronica's partner. Exactly. And, like, she was on Supernatural for a while. Mm-mm. On Veronica Mars, it's a little bit of an outlier in her career, I feel mm-hmm. like, where she's, yeah, just kind of this quiet person. Like sweet girl next sweet door. Sweet girl next door. And then, like, starting on Supernatural, like, she plays badasses. And, well, like, here... She, isn't she in, like, the Israeli military or I something? I mean, yeah. I was not going to touch on that. <laughs> I don't want to, like, walk into that. Yeah. I feel like we've already lost a lot of listeners, probably, <laughs> because of my political opinions. <laughs> yes, that you hold dear. That I As hold everyone dear. knows, I'm a famously a libertarian. Yeah. Who loves weed and hates poor people. That's true. All three of those <laughs> things are true. Oh, oh God. Man. None of them used to be. It's a real bummer. You used to love weed. I used to love weed. 
Oh, but God, now. but you, now that you live in California, you don't use it because it's too easy. Like, exactly. What you really wanted was, you, what you liked was the illegality of weed. Yeah, I really liked the seedy back alley-ness uh-huh. of it. Like, if I don't You like your like, weed with a lot of seeds in it. I do. I like it to be like, is this also laced with PCP or is yeah. it just grass? Yeah, that was the gamble for you. It was like, <laughs> it's like it was almost like Russian Am I smoking rock. oregano or crack? You yeah. never know. And I loved that. Exactly. <laughs> that was the kind of life that you lived. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. me, me, Brie Castellini. But that's the only one that's, tr- that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the other two are yeah. hilarious. Uh, I definitely didn't have Atlas Shrugged in the background of my senior photo you in high school. 100% did. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prominently, too. And that was on purpose. Well, you <sighs> have daddy issues. I will probably always have daddy issues. There was a book. <laughs> I was, this is a side note. It might make it into the podcast. We'll see. We'll see. I was so uh, as listeners know, I've been using the library app on my computer to read books so that I don't run myself like into the streets because I'm buying too many romance novels. And as a result, I was reading this book where there was a dad character whose name was the same as my dad. And it was really fucking with me. And so I tried to install a browser extension to replace the the name it didn't work because i don't think it works like that because well, it's no, a library like, book yeah they're like, even though it's in my browser yeah they're not like it's like a it's not a pds but it's like an ebook file it's not you yeah just go around it, it, it did not react the way that i wanted it to but yeah. i spent probably half an hour trying to get a word replacement so i didn't have to read this book whose father character that everyone was obsessed with was the same name as my father figure so also weirdly in that book one of the sisters of another character had my mom's name so i was and honestly it wasn't even that good of a book i shouldn't have finished reading it because it was not good but i did anyways well because much like when you were doing all that weed and pcp it was all it was all about like what you could take Because you're a badass, like Alana Tall. Yeah, that's me. Me and Alana Tall, the same. Yeah, she's very good. And like, instantly in this episode, not to talk about next week until next week, I picked up what they were putting down. And they're they're playing it very... Yeah. Not subtly. Yep, yeah, there it is. I, it, we started late today, and all I have been doing is reading romance novels. So my brain is... A potato. Your brain is a potato. My brain is a potato. A soft, sticky potato. Why is it sticky? We'll find out later. <laughs> well, like, starch is kind of sticky. <laughs> um, that's that's one explanation. So uh, that's the cold open. We finished the cold open. The energy. Oh, the energy this season, my friends. Um, after the cold open, everyone else is hot and sticky now. And they're frustrated, and oh no, the government has locked down their escape boat that we saw clips of, I think, last episode when they were still trying to break her out of prison. We kept, like, cutting to, like, this boat that nobody had seen yet. But now people have seen it. Uh Uh-oh, we can't get off the island this way. This is the second Michael Horowitz episode in a row, I think, that is, we have to get off this island. Oh, that's true, because he wrote the Panama episode, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Literally, like, this is what he does now. (laughs) He writes Escape from Foreign Country episodes. Yeah. So, luckily, vaguely Russian-accented Sonia can introduce them to a gun smuggler she knows, and they're like, well, does he smuggle people? And she's like, he will, if I have anything to say about it. And we're like, okay, I guess, let's try that. Yeah, this is another thing, because you have a note here. I like Alana Tall. I think she's very good. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell... 
if her accent work in this episode is subtle or bad. It it dips in and out. It is not consistent, whatever it is. Yeah. Like it's, and you know, if we wanted to be super charitable, we could say she is Russian trying to use her American accent, but her Russian keeps slipping out. Yeah. Which is like, that, that's very, very charitable. charitable. Yeah. <laughs> the uncharitable like... read is like, she is half-assing a half-commitment to a Russian accent that isn't even a good one. Right. It's very, but it's not over the top. Like, it's not like a really, like, thick, cartoonish Russian accent. It's just a barely there accent. Hey, Michael Whiston, we have to go to the gun smuggler. Yeah, like, she's not doing that. <laughs> she's, like, doing this, like... Every third word kind of sounds Russian accent. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's interesting, but it's a one at all. So I'll let her basically do whatever she wants. And I'll say, yes, thank you, Mommy. She's like uh, Florence Pugh's character in Black Widow. She kind of is, but Florence Pugh is going a lot harder with that accent. Exactly. Is it a better accent? I refuse to answer that question. I was more question. entertained by it. Well, that's also uh, true. We watched that movie together. We did watch that movie together. I think, like, I... And I judge like russian accents in movies purely on whether or not i think that they're hot <laughs> is alona tall one of the women that you wish you were more than you are attracted oh 100 percent, 100 percent. is it just because she's is it just the blondness it is kind of just the blondness you're so shallow i'm so shallow <laughs> <laughs> so we head over to where sonia last knew her old contact at but it looks like kind of broken down and not in use and it strikes me that it's weird that she has contacts in cuba because we we learn at some point that she's been in this russian black site in cuba for two years and it's surprising to me i guess that like they caught her in cuba and decided to just keep her there like it it would seem like they would send her to a remote cuban black site more than they just caught her running around Cuba and were like, I guess it, conveniently we have a black site here. We'll keep you here. I don't know. I just, I feel like, especially in a country as small as this, it would, it seemed odd to me that she was already somewhere that they had a black site that they just put her in. It feels like normally in Burn Notice and in many spy shows, when somebody gets caught and sent to a black site, they're like sent far away. But the fact that she has cultivated local contacts in Cuba Maybe the idea is that it's literally dangerous to move her. Maybe. Like, that, like, but it's also just, like, God, imagine how hard it is to take someone to a black site. (laughs) Imagine how convenient it would be to just have a black site right there. You know? A very charitable read, Christine Cherry. To be fair, that guy who was the head of that black site Uh never wanted to leave that black site. That's true. It's his favorite place. So he must have really lucked out that Sonia was wandering around Cuba and was like, hell yes, I'll just wait for her to come to me. This is perfect. Exactly. Never even need to get out of my sweatpants. Uh, We'll call DoorDash and just wait it out. So the boys, while, like the boys are in a car, like a stolen car, while they're watching her kind of pace around and ask people questions. And the boys have a conversation about like, we can't trust her. And they put together that it's probably her that is like the Russian equivalent of Michael Weston. They're like, we've heard whispers about a Russian woman who's like deadly and, and got lots of our people killed and blah, blah, blah. And like, she fits the description. Oh my gosh, she's the mysterious Russian woman we all know right. about. So as soon as they do that, I'm especially like, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I see what we're doing. Okay. Interesting. I, she's so much younger than him. They even mentioned she's, she's so much younger than They like, even mentioned like she's in her 20s. 
when they are yeah. like describing this, you know. Well, to be fair, I don't know how long ago it's meant to have happened. Yeah, but because she's, she's been on a black site for like two, two years. years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have no idea how old Alana Tall was making this. So much younger than him. Mm-hmm. There's an episode, I don't know if it's this week or next week, where Agent Strong... Oh, it's next week. But, like, he makes a comment of, like, what Michael has to do to stay fit over 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, think Michael was 40 when the show started. Exactly. I, like, like he's not a young man. He was 45. 45. She's th- so they're 15 years apart. Yeah, so he could be her teenage father. He could be her teenage father. <laughs> he could be her teenage father just barely. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's weird, especially because Fiona is so, like, age appropriate for yeah, him in a way exactly. that they've never been weird about. Well, it's the kind of thing. I feel like it's this is the thing that happens in, like, media a lot, movies and TV shows, where you have a couple that are, like, together but then you split them up and give them different love interests Mm -hmm. i feel like the thing that always happens is like you give the woman like a sensible dumb hot guy Mm -hmm. who's like the safe choice or whatever and he's like sweet or whatever Mm -hmm. and then you give like the guy a child (laughs) (laughs) like that's what always happens yeah it's i mean it makes me feel better that she's 30 yeah i mean like and literally, but it doesn't make me feel that much better. I mean, like, looking at her, I was like, she is also an actress who looks a little younger than she is. Definitely. Like, I was looking, I was thinking, like, she's probably around 30, but, like, she looks young. And even then, it's still a large age gap. Yeah. Anyways, this is um, this is spoilers for next week, if well, you're watching this along with us. Talking about next week, next week. Yeah. We will talk about it. <laughs> we, yeah. Oh, we sure will. But in any case, yeah, all the boys are like, we got to stay frosty. She can't be trusted. She's gotten our guys killed before. And you know how we hate it when our guys get killed. <laughs> when uh, men doing their jobs get killed. <laughs> for America. So Sonia jogs back over and instantly is like, I'm in charge. Well, no, to be fair, men doing their jobs transcends borders. That's true. Sam was really upset that he had to kill a guy doing his job. That's who is true. Who not is, American. Yes, yeah, who is markedly human. not American. Exactly. But yeah, Sonia comes back and is like, me and Michael are going to go wait inside. He'll be here later this afternoon. Sam and Jesse, you guys go get us a new car. Dump this one. And they're just like, okay. Like, nobody questions. Like, you're in charge now. Cool. Yeah, so as they're, like, talking about Sonia, the boys are having this conversation about, like, I hate that we have to do this. And Michael's like, we have to do this. We have to take down this terrorist network. And this feels like a good time to drop in that like hey sam grumbling as if you're doing michael a favor you understand that if we don't fix this you're going back to prison too right like there, there's like a you know some some light-hearted sam and jesse nonsense as they go like take the car and they're like you know mike you owe us but he doesn't the whole point of this is there's this weird thing because again because it's a huge part in the fiona plot it's line. a huge part in the fiona plot line i feel like i don't understand it's one of those things where this is a secret for no reason. Yes. It's a secret for literally no reason. Like, it is only a secret to create this conflict. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that anyone gains from it being mm-hmm. a secret. It's not like Agent Strong is hiding it. Because, again, he's going to tell Fee later. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't give a fuck. 
Yeah, and also, would that not have made it easier? Like, it's one thing if we've heard Michael say, you know, like, no, Strong, don't tell them that this, you know, or whatever. Like, if we heard it from Michael's perspective that if it's like, I think it'll be easier for, like, I uh, clearly my life is not conducive to theirs, so I, it'll be easier for them if they think that I've just gone back to the CIA. Like, it's one thing if he's doing this sort of, like, martyrdom self-sacrifice nonsense, which is annoying but understandable for the kind of guy Michael Weston is, but he's there. that's not ever made textual. He's just, like, weirdly leaving out a major thing that might... Uh, allow him to have relationships with these people who are the most important people in the world to him. I think it's literally just like the writers were like, yeah, it seems like a thing that Michael Weston might do. But at the end of season six, no, like, it doesn't. It's, it yeah. doesn't like, but they're like, yeah, like Michael does this stuff. They're just like, it's like this kind of, they, they know it's sweaty, but they're like, uh, Michael Weston. But it's kind of the emotional core of it the season, which it, is unfortunate. It's incredibly unfortunate. Again, I'm fine if they are going in this direction, but they haven't pr also, adequately set it up why Michael isn't telling them. It also doesn't matter because the point of him not telling them is so that they can have each other character find out mm -hmm. and then decide that it's that they're going to keep working with Michael. Like, it doesn't... Right. Like, it, it's not gating them anything. No. It's not gating them, like, a plot thing. But then what it happens is that when they conveniently want to forget about this so that their dynamic is the same, Sam's like, yeah, you owe me, Michael, as he, like, leaves him with Sonya. And it's like, no, Sam, he doesn't. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You're not doing him a favor. You are actively making sure that you don't go back to jail, too. Like, yeah, it's very... it, it, it creates a very strange dynamic that doesn't jive with the way that they actually want the dynamics to work, only when it's convenient. Yeah, it's very... I don't know what's going on with that. Sweaty is a good way to put it. Yeah. They say that a lot on Blank Chat. That makes sense. It's very, it it's very internet -y lingo. Yeah, but it's also, it's a very useful word. It is. It's very useful. You've used it a lot this season. Yeah. So meanwhile in Miami, Fee seems frustrated with Carlos and there's like a voiceover about how it's like easy to get paranoid when you've been working with spies too long. And she's like, why did you just take this job in New Orleans? It's not good money. The like trail's basically cold. Like, tell me the truth. You're lying to me. And Carlos is like, babe, you need to fucking relax. I thought it might be nice for you to get out of town for a little while, like as a vacation. And then she's like, oh, okay. And I don't know if you noticed this, but somehow like literally every bit of chemistry that these two actors had prior to this episode is fully gone. Like I do not buy these two the entire episode. No, I don't, but I kind of, I kind of felt like that was just, oh, well, Michael's back. Like the thing is like, I think like as soon as Michael came back into like, like her life, mm-hmm. It, this was inevitable. Like, that works for me. Okay. Like, it just seemed, it was so strange. Like, I was watching two robots talk to each other. It's also the most that we've really kind of interacted with Carlos in a way. Is, yeah. Like, but, like, the handful of times we saw him in the first two episodes, we haven't seen him for two episodes, like, they had, like, a much more easiness. And maybe it was just in service of, like, they were always doing something. They were always but, like, doing something. When they kissed, it didn't seem awkward back yeah. then. Even when we were, like, you know spying on them from a from a camera i kind of bought that as like a reasonable like escalation of the fact that like this relationship is starting to sour sure that worked for me actually it's not that it didn't work for me it's just it's it was just i it was yeah. striking how different it felt all of a sudden it did feel very weird the opening like the narration that's going on mm-hmm 
Like, I thought perhaps we were setting up Carlos to do a as being a secret agent or something like oh interesting no i i assumed it like, was once again one of those like you're you're always jumping at shadows when no you're... i thought so too but there's but then i was also like that seems like the obvious thing like oh maybe there's something to this there was also a moment wherein like sonia got a call from someone like secret mm-hmm. and i thought it was going to be revealed that it was carlos that would be neat even for them because they didn't even know they were looking for sonia until like you know, midway through this mission. Yeah. Like, like, Sonya was nothing. It was all about Burke, and then Burke blew himself up to rescue Well, the, the idea, like, the idea that, like, Carlos is part of this thing that they're all part of, and, like, might have been part of, like, the investigating Michael or something. Ah. That kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Nothing about Carlos. I think, honestly, for me, there's so many boys in this show that I didn't think they were going to dedicate enough intrigue to Carlos <laughs> because they can't. Especially now that, that was, they have a whole other woman they have to contend with that has officially basically shoved Madeline out of the show for a while. Oh, God, yeah. That's I was true. like, there's no way they're going to give us an additional boy to have to juggle. Right. <laughs> Logistically, Carlos is nothing. But it's also kind of like, what do you do with Carlos? Like, now you basically kind of have to kill Carlos. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot you can... That's this is actually what I'm saying is like why he might be part of the conspiracy because then that's then that gives him a reason to be there. Do you still think he's in the conspiracy? I don't think so, but I also don't I would not be surprised if that's what happens, mm-hmm. but I'm not like counting on it. All right, fair enough. So Fee comes back from this they they were like meeting out to talk about their New Orleans vacation. So she comes home and sees well after a quick phone call with Madeline, which is the only Sharon Glass moment we get in the entire episode where she's like, "Sharon Glass, I'm going to New Orleans with Carlos." And Sharon Glass is like, "That's awesome. Make sure you're back for Charlie's birthday." Yep. And that's it. That's all we hear from Madeline for the entire episode. She's not in next week either. Mm-mm, she's not. It's two two episodes in a row with no Madeline and I hate it. But anyways, uh, Fee sees that her door is open and she comes in and like Agent Strong is there making snide comments about her art. And then it's implied that she's been painting. And I can't tell if he's just being weird about modern art or if like Fee is actually like a painter. I think he's just being weird. I don't think she's painting now. Okay. Because it's because the way that he talks about it is like, I, you know, I, I would have expected something different from you. What do you call this one? I think, it's implied like, that she's painting. I wasn't sure if she was painting it or if, like, she just bought it. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, saying, I didn't think that this is the kind of art that you liked. Yeah. I, that it was, was, like, what I, that was how I was reading it. Because it, it seems weirder that she's painting. I know. But I was like, but this might be interesting. Maybe this is where, where Nate got his love of graphic design from. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Maybe this is the thing that she and Nate bonded over. Right. anyways um basically strong is like you can't go to new orleans and she's like fuck you and he's like no you're part of miami's cover in miami Uh, miami's cover yeah miami's cover michael's cover in miami which is like a full 180 from strong's opinion two weeks ago where he was like no it has to be all you know spies i actually all my guys i actually think this is to his credit that he's like oh no like I get it. These are all the leads of the show. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to go all in on the leads of the show. They've been doing very well for me. And I do appreciate that he acts like this is sort of like his idea. Yeah. So. Like, it's like, he's like, oh, no, he needs them. I'm running with this. Like, you can't leave. This is, this is too good. 
Yeah, and, and Michael's, you know, probably going to be back in Miami soon, and so I need you around. Otherwise, what are they going to think? You know, the thing that's kind of weird about this season mm-hmm. is that, like, and if it was, if this show was made now, if the season was made now, or, like, you did a season of Burn Notice now, if mm-hmm. this would feel intentional. Mm-hmm. But this really, everyone feels like they're a little annoyed that they still have to be doing Burn Notice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like... Like, there's this weird, almost metatextual thing of, like, they made us come back for another season or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. We, Where, we all thought we were done. We were riding off into the sunset. Exactly. Like, everyone seems, like, annoyed to have to be doing burn notice. Mm-hmm. It's like a one last job, but not yeah. the, like, we're going to get to do it one more time. It's like, oh, God, we have one more to do. Exactly. It's that sort of thing. Which I think, like, nowadays, that would be on purpose. It mm-hmm. would be textual. Like, it would be, like... That would be the thematic crux of the thing. It would be a meta commentary. Yeah, that's what we do now. Mm -hmm. And like, but it's here, it's just sort of there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is basically the plot line of the week for Strong and Fee, which is Fee saying, no, I don't want anything to do with Michael Weston. And Strong saying, I don't care. You are part of the team now. Um, But we'll come back to them. I find this whole, honestly, arc fairly boring. It's boring. It's boring in a way that like, especially with Fee, the best character in the world feels strange to be in a Michael Horowitz episode. It's almost like it, it was this plotline in particular was especially a letdown for me. This feels a lot like the Jason Bly one where she was in prison. Mm-hmm. You know where it's just like her talking to Jason Bly for the whole. Yeah, episode. it's basically just guys in suits forcing Fiona into a small room and talking at her. Yeah, like and trying to like give her emotional catharsis to get her on their side. And it's like I don't want her to. I want her to be out in the world. Let her be right. free. Anyways, but we'll we'll come back to this when it is relevant. So so back in Cuba, we meet with Sonia's contact, Ruben, who's like, absolutely not. I will not human traffic you. And Sonia's like, yes, you will. And he's like, fine, I will do that. There's a freighter leaving tonight. But before he can give them any more concrete details on this freighter that he might be able to sneak them onto, a bunch of police like flank the building, which kind of eliminates their ability to escape. And so Ruben's like, here, go into the secret room. I'll talk them down. And I'm a smuggler. I've got a smuggler room. Exactly. I have a smuggler room. So uh, Michael and Sonia watch from the smuggler room while a woman named Oksana comes in. She's Russian. Because she's Russian and she's a Russian spy. Her name is Oksana. She, her, she has a, uh, it's like Oksana Zhukov or something, but yeah. we never call her Zhukov, it, which is funny to me. And I wonder if this is sexism or the love of the name Oksana, which is anytime we meet a dude in Burn Notice who's not a main character, we refer yeah. to them by their last name. Uh-huh. No, this is definitely a thing that exists. This is not just a Burn Notice thing. This mm-hmm. is a thing that happens. And like, Isn't that in weird, though? It is weird. That women are referred to by their first names, even if they're villains, and men are referred to by their last names? And it's not even just, like, in things. I remember this was a thing that someone had brought up a lot, like, when Jodie Whittaker got cast as Doctor Who, was that, like, everyone referred to, like, actors who played Doctor Who as, like, Eccleston, Tennant, mm-hmm. like, Smith, or, like, Matt Smith, but they would call her Jodie. Yeah. Like, like that's just a thing that happens in our culture. I don't know because why that could, is. Yeah, I mean, like, there's the obvious... I mean, angle. I know why it is, but, right. like, yeah. You know, we don't respect women. They're yeah. just, like, children. But the other version of it is that men are defined by their legacy and family names, whereas women are individuals. I mean, that's, like, part of it, but it's also, like, 
But also there's like a sort of inherent familiarity to using someone. Yeah, first no, name for sure, for sure, all. for sure. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there, but I did I did specifically notice it here. Although I'm glad because Zhukov is an annoying name to have to say a bunch, but no. Oksana is. I very mean Oksana's fun. great. Oksana's I love the name Oksana. Um this character's great. I like her. She is like basically just Kate Blanchett and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> She's also basically Russian antagonist Agent Riley. I like, mean, yes. Like, they, they, she's basically played note for note, this like, identically to Riley, but on the other side. So basically, she's sort of like, her and her men kind of toss the room while Ruben uh, is smoking a cigar, I will say allegedly. this also. Like, she is blonde. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be her. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't going to ask. No, She's no. also too tall. Yeah, she's quite tall. Yeah, basically medium or smaller women, like, I assume you want to be, but she's tall enough and has like a specific enough look that I'm like, I don't think Christine's going to want to be this. No, no, she's just hot. Mm-hmm. But in like a scary, going to torture you way. Yeah, no, of course. I, I said what I said. I had to look her up because she has, she's doing this thing with her face and I couldn't decide if it was a bit or if it was her face. And it's uh-huh. just her face. It's just her face. Yeah. She's got like she a, has very, a fascinating face. She has a very specific face. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she seems to basically always play like Russians. No, of course. And like, you know, this kind of character. Yeah, but of course. Like, she does good is, at it. No, she's great at it. So in any case, uh, Ruben is smoking his cigar to appear, appear chillaxed. And uh, it seems like. a nice like, touch. Yeah, thank you. And it seems like they're going to get away with it. But then. Well, th- thank you to Mark. Michael Horowitz should say thank you. I was saying it to Michael Horowitz. <laughs> oh, you weren't complimenting my use of the word chillaxed? No, no. I, yeah, no, I meant the cigar. I thought the cigar was a nice touch. Yeah, the cigar was a nice touch. Basically, it's a very he, Michael Horowitz touch. He lights it right before, like, the agents come in. And unfortunately for him, while he does appear more chillaxed, it also means that when the people who were searching the room got too close to the hidden wall, he stopped smoking, apparently. You know, it, it, a little tick that Oksana yeah. noticed. No, it's great. It, it's good. Every time she notices something, she's smart and yeah. good about it because that's what we liked about Riley, too. We love we stand a woman who knows her fucking deal but she's like i know there's a secret room in here i know you're a smuggler where's the secret room and he's like there's no secret room and she's like show me where the secret room is or i'm gonna kill you and he's like fine it's over there and she kills him anyways and so as sonia and michael are realizing like fuck we're caged in here michael uses some grenades that they find in the room they're caged in a literal like weapons room like Mm -hmm. he's a weapon smuggler he hid them in the weapons room. Yeah. Con- very convenient for all involved. So yeah, Michael yeah. throws some grenades and they use some machine guns to get use, give them some cover and they run away. They regroup the next day with Sam and Jesse and the plan turns into Sam and Jesse are like, what if we just go in there? They don't know who we are. What if we just go in there and tell Oksana that we're looking for Michael? And like... And Sonia's like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> this is like the best spy ever. Mm-hmm. And then like... Jesse and Sam are like, yeah, but we're like just a couple of guys, though. We're like, yeah, but we're dudes and we think we could probably do it. Like, it works. Mm -hmm. Like, and like, of course it works. This is the show. Yeah. But it does have a little bit. They both kind of have the vibe of those guys that are like, I could beat Serena Williams in a tennis match. (laughs) 
<laughs> you show me how to hit a, a forehand and a backhand, and I got it. I got it from there. Yeah. So, but yeah, she's like, you're going to die. This is a terrible idea. And they're like, this is actually a great idea. So we're going to do it. Um, <laughs> and they, the the th- the only thing they have as backup really is that they bug Sam's watch so that Michael and Sonia can like listen in on everything going on. So that is the plan. Back in Miami, Fee and Carlos are doing something, question mark. And while Fee looks around, continuing to be paranoid from earlier, some cops roll up and erroneously arrest her for some like bounty hunting work that she did. And Carlos, we know this because Carlos is like, what are you, you're arresting her for breaking and entering? No, 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 that was, that was all legal. Like we were bounty hunting. I was there. Don't take her to jail. Take me to jail. And Fee's like so defeated. And it's like, Carlos, back off. It's, that's not what this is about. And he's like so upset. And she's like, it's fine, Carlos. Just like, go away. And he's like, okay, well, I'll be here when you need to get, when you get out. I'll, I'll figure out what's going on. And she's like, okay, bye, Carlos. <laughs> and that's, that's that scene. That's that scene. Back in Cuba, we got ourselves Chuck Finley and Virgil Tibbs. Again, like, Sonia's like, this is the best spy ever. <laughs> And Sam's like, I'll just use my same name that I use all the time, always. <laughs> and Jesse will be Virgil Tibbs. Will be Virgil Tibbs. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, the amount that they are not worried about this yeah, the- is frankly a little insulting. <laughs> but it's also very my, uh, Sam and Jesse. Yeah, like, it is very Sam and Jesse. These are just two laid back dudes who are going to so enjoy retirement when they finally actually get to retire. They're going to be so enjoy retirement. Like, Michael's going to hate retirement. Fee's going to hate retirement. But Sam and Jesse are going to, like, buy a timeshare with Madeline, and they're all just going to fucking chill. They're all just going to fucking chill. They, like, they are work-to-live people. Like, they work hard, they care about their jobs, but they are work-to-live people. And I love that about them. I do, too. Like, Jesse finally blossoming into his final form in this season has honestly been so fun to watch. So fun. I, I'm glad that they finally figured out what to do with him, which is to just make him a big chill dude. Right. <laughs> make him Sam's best friend. So yeah, they head into the man's hunt command center. Um, they like the kind of ticket into the command center is that the car that they ditched the day before they turn in as like, look, Michael Weston stole a car and we found it so that they could like get themselves an audience and they come in all blustery and Oxana's like, yeah, but what else do you have? Like, you have nothing. Why would I work with you? You you seem like idiots. Tibbs and Finley, who are you? Fucking fools. And so she starts to, like, throw them out. And then Sonia, overhearing all of this, calls calls Jesse. That's right. She calls Jesse. And in Spanish, they have a conversation where she's like, you're fucking this up. Tell them where we are. Tell them that you you have locals who don't want to talk to the government because, like, basically, Oksana has taken over a, like, state police station and they've been using the resources of the Cuban police force to help them. And so Sonia's like, the thing that she doesn't have is people who don't like authority. So you say that you're with the people who don't like authority and they know where we are. Tell them where we are. We'll figure it out. And Jesse's like, okay. And so he says this out loud and Sam looks at him and he's like, are you... A warehouse, huh? Are you sure they're in the warehouse and not literally anywhere else? And Jesse's like, no, they're in the warehouse. They're in the warehouse, yeah. They're in a warehouse by this cafe. It's a really good scene. It's a very good... This is honestly my favorite. That and then the, the like, climax fight scene at the end oh, are my no, two favorite really scenes. Good. Basically, a lot of the stuff that happens once they get into the command center is very fun. Yeah. Because it's, like, this very severe, very competent woman and two idiots, <laughs> which is my favorite combo. It really is. It's a great combo. But anyways, uh, Oksana's like, 
Okay, stay here and we'll run down this lead. I'll see if you're actually useful. So now that Oksana is headed their way, Sonia and Michael make quick work with some C4 and some broken down cars around this like dilapidated warehouse they've been hiding out in. They block off the cops that quickly make their way to their location and drive away. <laughs> Side note though, the like basically what Michael and Sonia can use as cover for the fact that they are escaping just in time is the fact that the police are driving up on their hidden location with full, like, sirens. Yeah. If you're trying to hunt down two super spies, why would you drive up in police cars with sirens blaring? Yeah. What a terrible idea. Yeah, it's very unclear why that's happening. It's very, very strange. I, like, that. that's the second time where I'm like, is that how they would have reacted? It's convenient that that's what they do. But it's fucking bananas. It is a little fucking bananas. So whatever. Back at the war room, Sam and Jesse in sort of like a negotiation with Oksana are looking at like a map of her forces at the airport. And like the whole reason they're there is not just to like get insight into what she's doing, but also to try to create holes in her security as Sonia and Michael listen in. So they finally managed to get her to move three of her guards out of the way of a certain area to create like a little bit of a security hole. But there's still one guard left that that's like guarding a maintenance shed. And Michael's like, well, I can rebuild a plane. That's fine. So we just need to get to the maintenance shed. Yeah, there's, there's uh, this entire episode is predicated on the fact that Michael Weston can just build an airplane. Right. <laughs> so cool. Okay, I guess. I mean, technically fix an airplane. Yeah, but. But yeah. But that's a lot of fucking faith in a in uh, this man so anyways they sonia and michael managed to like get the guard off to one side and like bind him up and sonia's like we should kill him and michael's like we're not gonna kill him and she's like you know we used to study you at school when you were old and i was a child yeah you know because we have an extreme age difference exactly super awkward and michael's like yeah we have an age difference go on and she's like yeah they used to call you like ruthless and crazy but then we noticed that you had a really low body count and there were a lot of she even says like that i that her specifically noticed sure yes she noticed that he had a, a low body count which is did not seem to line up with all of his exploits as they understood it and studied in school yeah and she she was like there were lots of theories and he's like oh yeah what are the theories well i think it was just her theory no i think this, no because like, somebody else has a theory too oh maybe so, her, yeah. her, her she's like my oh, teacher thought that it was basically psychological that's torture true, yeah that if you left people alive they could like spread the word that you're fucking right. crazy and she's like and he was like what do you think and she's like my theory was either honor or that you're weak and michael gives this like most genuine smile i've seen on him all season and i'm like okay and then we move on and we get into the maintenance wherever. This, <laughs> and this is where I start to really be like, are they flirting about how Michael doesn't kill people? This is so confusing. But they definitely have more chemistry than Fee and Carlos this episode. So, you know, go off, I guess. Speaking of, Fee's lawyer, aka Strong, comes to chat with her while she's in prison. And he exposits at her for a while. And then reminds her, or as it turns out, reveals to her that Michael's, or that her freedom is mission specific. Michael has to take down this terrorist network. Otherwise, she goes back to jail. And she looks like dumbfounded. And once again, why did Michael not tell her? There's no reason. Like, it doesn't... There's no ma- textual reason. They could no give textual- a textual reason. I'm fine with this being a reveal. But they didn't give us anything but to make it make sense why it is a reveal. I don't even understand. Like, I'm not even fine with it being a reveal because it doesn't get them anything. 
Like, I mean, it gets her that he's not just going back to what he always wanted, being no. in the CIA. But the point is that, like, none of the scenes of her, like, thinking of all the other characters, thinking that Michael, like, not knowing this, mm-hmm. are worth it. No, they're not. No, they're not, like... That's the thing is that, like, once they tell the people, like, once they tell all these characters the truth, then the show just goes on as normal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not interesting to watch them all think that he... Abandoned is, them. Yeah, or it's not like, that doesn't get us anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's worth getting, you know? Like, it's possible that, like, maybe she wouldn't have started dating, like, the, like... I don't know. Like, I mean, I think they could have done something interesting with it because something that we noted at the end of last season was that it was kind of fun to watch Michael kind of heel turn a little bit and get a lot darker and darker to like protect people and then re- and then them being consistently being like, stop being a lone wolf. And he's like, but I must. And like on the precipice of like him trying not to be a lone wolf anymore, he still gets them all caught. And so he makes the ultimate like martyr self-sacrifice move of like, giving them all a reason to hate him so that he can continue to save their lives, but quietly because he thinks that all he's ever given them is pain. And that's an angle that they're not going with. But it, I think it there's could, something there. Been something this there. could be the season where he's like, no, I'm trying to martyr myself. And they're like, Michael, stop it. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like, that's the same plot as Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, well, Spider-Man No Way Home is a and lot... I don't- I don't like it in No Way Home either. Well, I don't. I don't think Spider-Man No Way Home is actually committing to that though, because like their their own conclusion is the opposite of what his strength was. The whole like No, no. Way Home does not make any sense. No, No Way Home movie. makes no sense. And I don't think that that's what I am pitching here. What well, I am pitching is that like he got scared and he had two choices. He could either like tell his friends what's up and then like deal with the consequences together. Or he could pretend that he was the monster, the like neutral bathroom sign of a man that everyone kind of expects him to be anyways. He can be miserable and everyone else will be okay. But that's cut. That's what I'm saying is that like, but he's wrong. And this could be the season where they all convince him he's wrong. But that's like kind of the thing that no way home's doing weirdly where it's like the whole, like the whole movie is like, them telling Peter Parker, like, you don't do this alone. And then at the end, he decides he literally abandons them all. And like, But I think the difference is, first of all, as a movie, it's stupider that it happened that way. I mean, it's so stupid. It's very stupid. But the other thing is that, like, in that, he literally, like, they have no idea who he is. In Burn Notice, he is playing into the the thing about him that everyone's always scared that he's going to lean into more. Like, he's basically giving Fee her greatest fear. That's true. To force her... I see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? No, I get it. It's like he is choosing to self-sacrifice by making them hate him. I guess I'm just thinking, like, I don't like plots like this. That's fair. I have read enough of them in romance novels this past couple of weeks that, like, I have come to understand and empathize with that. Do I like it? No. But what I'm saying is, like, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt that they can largely do what they're doing. Yeah. With just, like, a little bit more emotional intelligence. Right, totally. Just like I a give t- you that. And that's always there's true. There's a way to... Notice. I mean, that's true. There's a, <laughs> there's a way to make this kind of thing work and they're not doing it. Yeah. And I think, like... If they made this thing work, I still wouldn't care for it. But I agree that there's a way to make it work that's, like, interesting. And that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. 
we can pitch a better final season ten ways to Sunday. Right. But that's not what we're here to do. Not until our final bonus episode, at least. So, anyways, that that happens with Strong. Back at the shop with at, in Cuba, Michael fixes an airplane. Con- convenient. And Sonya gets them clearance on the runway in half an hour. Uh, back in the war room, Oksana is one step ahead, having been alerted of this odd clearance request that Sonya just claimed, and the fact that a their solo guard nearby is missing. And, and Sam and Jesse are like, no, he's not at the airport. And she's like, he's definitely at the airport. I know he's at the, I know exactly where he is. He's at the airport. We're gonna go roll out. Sonya hears all of this over the bug and is like, alright, we have five minutes to get out there. But they don't actually have five minutes because they're already at of time. The police are basically already outside and Sonia's like, all right, well, I guess we have to die now. And Michael's like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, we're going down in a blaze of glory. They've got us. Let's fucking take as many of these pigs with us as possible. And Michael's like, you need to fucking relax. And she's like saying that like, A, I don't want to get tortured again. Mm -hmm. B, I literally cannot get, I know things. Oh yeah, she she specifically said, I think this is where Michael starts to kind of turn into like, I think I like Sonia. Is she's like, I won't get, like, I can't get tortured again. I won't give up my friends. I won't do that to my friends. I will die before I do that to my exactly. friends. Yes. And like when Burke did that whole thing a couple of episodes ago, Michael's like, oh, friendship. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, how about we don't kill ourselves, though? And so back to the war room again, Jesse pitches Sam a Hail Mary that because there is... Before you go into this, Mm -hmm. do you think, what are the odds that this organization, like, we end up being on the side of the organization, do you think? I've been thinking about that. Yeah. Because there's... the, The problem is they're doing this on behalf of the CIA, and if they don't make good with the CIA, then Michael doesn't get to retire like we know he has to at the end of this season. Like, Michael, regardless of what happens this season, cannot keep working with the CIA, right? Right. Like, this, this, this is the That's what I'm saying, end. is that, like... But, like, he also can't comfortably retire if the CIA is mad at him. Right. You know what I mean? That makes sense. And, it fe- and like, especially after season six, I don't find it likely that he is going to be satisfied or anyone around him is going to be satisfied if they have to run off and, you know, be on the run for the rest of their lives. No, I don't think that they'll do that. But, like, so I could see... What I'm saying is, like, yeah. I am kind of, like, the more we learn about the nothing that this organization does, like, the more I'm... Like, every time they invoke friendship, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they're more, you know dependable than we are giving them credit for. I wonder how much terrorism is a CIA word versus their own word. But I worry that we don't have enough episodes for him to yet take down another person within the CIA (laughs) and put himself at odds with them and still successfully retire. I think that's definitely a thing you could do in a series finale. Maybe. I think like that's a thing you could do. What I'm saying is I'm not ruling it out but I find it more unlikely than not. I I mean, I kind of agree with you, mm-hmm. but like, it's but definitely... But I haven't ruled it out. Yeah. For sure, I have not ruled it out. And it would be neat if that was the case. It would be neat if that was the case. Especially because of what happens next week, but... We'll talk about next week, next week. Thank you. So back in the war room, Jesse's Hail Mary. Get your shirts. <laughs> the Jesse's Hail Mary is that there hasn't been a positive ID yet of Michael and Sonia, despite the fact that I have a screenshot of them staring out the window at the police. And he's like, listen, they don't actually know that they're in there. So what if we pretend that they're not there, but that in fact they are here? And Sam's like, 
that's just crazy enough to work, Tibbs. So he doesn't say that, but I think it would be funny if he did. I also, this is a little thing. You keep saying that it's Jesse's Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like... He does call it a Hail Mary. No, he calls it a Hail Mary next week. Does he? He does. And I think like both this week and next week have kind of similar endings that way. I, I think these two episodes as a pair are interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just remember, no, because I know I wrote the words Hail Mary in my notes. <laughs> I could have sworn he called it a Hail Mary this week. And maybe he calls it a, a Hail Mary two weeks in a row. Maybe In which case, that's wild. That is wild. Anyways, so um, there's some acting that happens in this next sequence, but it's all fun and games. Oh, yeah. There's like, there's quite some acting. Can I say, I was what in this next sequence, I was like, Okay, so Bruce Campbell is definitely getting his thing this week. Like, this is peak Bruce Campbell. Like, we've been kind of being, like, a little bit weird about what peak Bruce Campbell is. But I think Bruce Campbell is peak Bruce Campbell here in this scene. I had the exact same thought. I was like, that ain't Sam Axe. That ain't Chuck Finley. That's fucking Bruce Campbell right there. Bruce Campbell. (laughs) Bruce motherfucking Campbell. So the Hail Mary is thus. Jesse goes outside and is like, I'm gonna go for a walk. (laughs) Or whatever. He steals the walkie-talkies and he goes outside. He gets the rest of the C4 that they had stashed in their car and kind of strategically places it in their own car and in one of the police cars nearby. Then he ducks out into the woods with like a gun. Sam's like, hang on. I think there's a problem, Oksana. I don't think Michael Weston's at the airport. And she's like, he's definitely at the airport. We're going to the airport right now. And he's like, no, just listen to me. Something feels wrong. And basically they stage it so that it's... No, it's not even that. It's like, he is telling Oksana what he needs at the airport. Like, he is, like, already kind of going along with her airport plan. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. So that when they do this thing that they're staging, he looks surprised. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. He's like, yeah, so where are the helicopters going to go? And she's like, helicopters. And he's like, you don't have helicopters? You're going to take down Michael Weston without helicopters? He's like a caged animal. That's actually what he says. That is actually what he says. And it's such a funny thing to think about. (laughs) Again, this woman is supposed to be the super spy of super spies. (laughs) And she cannot see through a Bruce Campbell performance. And it's, oh boy, is it a performance. But yeah, basically, Jesse, like, somehow gets Michael and Sonya to be able to talk through his walkie while he pretends like they're laying siege to the now much more empty police station. And he's, you know, he he times it so that the C4 goes off in his car and, and Sam's like, oh no, not Virgil Tibbs, my best friend. He's dead. <laughs> the fake acting in this episode is incredible. And uh, Oksana's like, that doesn't make any sense. And he's like, get down, lady. And, you know, Sonia and Michael are talking through their comms. And she's like, how are you on comms? And they're like, wouldn't you like to know? And at one point, um, (laughs) she manages to call off everyone from the airport to come back. There's this great moment, too, wherein she, like, calls up a sniper. And then Sam says really loudly, oh, no. He's going to see your sniper. And then Jesse shoots at the sniper. <laughs> yeah, this whole sequence is very fun. I wasn't going to do like a, you know, beat by beat recap. No, but, but it's, it's all, all very good. good. It's, it's all good. It's all very, very good. It's very funny. Like Jesse is like really, Jesse stage managers the whole thing and is like, 
having the time of his life. Yeah. Doing little explosions and shooting his little guns with Sam, like, directing from the police station. And then... And this is all pure Michael Horowitz. This is very heavy. Yeah, this is... This I had no problem with. This This was all all extremely good. Great. Fun, good, detailed, stupid, perfect. And once they finally get all of the police to back off from the airport where they couldn't be any longer, um, Sonia's like, shit, how are we going to get Sam out of there? Like, your friend's going to be left behind. And once Oksana realized what's happening, she's going to kill him. And so they, I think Michael, yeah, Michael, Michael's like, hey, hey, Oksana, one more thing. I want the bastard that's after me. The guy with the chin, get him out here. <laughs> and Sam goes, no, you can't let her ha- him have me. <laughs> And she's like, oh, yeah, for sure. I hate this dude. And so she sends Sam out and he, like, makes it to Jesse and, like, they, like, say hi to each other. And then in a very theatrical final step, they, like, kill him over comms, which doesn't make any sense. Why are the comms on? Why do they want her to hear this? I mean, (laughs) yeah, I'm not sure why. Like, like, I think it plays as Michael being theatrical. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, it is also kind of sweaty. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's Sam's like, no, no, oh, God, no. And then Jesse, like, shoots in the air, and then they turn it off, and they're like, yeah, that's probably good. And then they head off. Yeah. So well, no, I think, like, no, because Michael does keep, like, Michael does say something. Like, like oh, good, good, now we got that settled. Now give me $2 million. <laughs> oh, yeah, he just he's just, like, adding stuff to his, yeah, like, demands. Exactly. That kind of thing. And then uh, Sam and Jesse managed to make it to the airport. Michael has finished fixing an airplane and they all four like hop in and fly off, but not before they tell Oksana like, see you later. We're at the airport actually. Psych. (laughs) And she's all upset and they're gone. No, I think like Oksana's like, I'll give you an airplane. He's like, oh, we've got an airplane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so that worked out. Um, very funny. The whole thing, top to bottom. The death of Virgil Sims, Tibbs, the death of Chuck Finley, all extremely fun. So great. Uh, but first we have to hop back to the like most boring plot ever, which is Carlos and Fee. So Carlos is psyched to leave for New Orleans now that Fee's out of the, I was about to say hospital. She's not at the hospital. She's in jail. So Fee gets out of jail and, and Carlos is like, hell yeah, babe, we're going to go on vacation. And she's like, okay, this is what's going on. It's the CIA. I have to help Michael. I can't move forward until I deal with my past. I thought I could outrun it, but I can't. I have to help him finish this. I'm sorry. And it sort of seems like they're taking a break or breaking up, but then they're in the same bed next episode. Yeah, it's unclear. It's unclear. It kind of seems like they're, you know, kind of like on a break, but they're not because again, they're still living together next season, the next episode. So I don't exactly know what this conversation was meant to Spoilers, they're living together next season? (laughs) Yeah, next season. We're back to the rat race. Next season is just like a rom-com season. There's no spy stuff. It's just Michael trying to win feedback. Next season is just the film rat race. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, that happens. Um, But she's like, I got to help Michael. And he's like, that sucks. So final scene, we're back in Miami all together. Sonia's all secretive about, you know, them leaving the airport. And I guess they just landed at the airport and everyone's like, hey, what's up? Do you have a good flight? (laughs) Yeah, this is normal and fine. We totally expected this. But yeah, so Sonia's all secretive about like what the next thing is, but has procured them a car and a new mission. They need to take down the hacker syndicate that luckily is based in Miami. Everything's based in Miami of these course. days. Uh, who turned her over to the Russians. So 
whatever it's going to take to get to the top of this organization, they can't begin until they get these bastards that turned on Sonya. Miami is like a spy hellmouth. Mm-hmm. It really, it's so funny. And it's like, I can't be mad at them because of course it has to be in Miami. Yeah. But it's just, they don't do any work to make it anything less than like magically convenient. Yeah. It's like, well, where's the hacker syndicate? Russia? Mexico? Oh, no, Miami. Oh, how convenient. Yeah. Just like Irish accent fee, Miami. <laughs> Miami. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. So Let's s- talk about some spy tips. So th- I left some that I normally wouldn't because uh-huh. there's a couple on the line. Yeah, no, of course. I pulled a U. Oh, yeah, that's I, how we do it. I pulled a U-E. You pulled a U-E. Number one, tracking someone in the wilderness isn't just about the occasional footprint or broken branch. It's about using what you find to put yourself ahead of the person you're hunting. If your target isn't completely careless, most signs you'll find will be small, almost invisible. Just a bit of disturbed earth or a bent branch. Of course, sometimes you do find something more obvious, which makes that trail that much easier to follow or that much harder. So I know this particular, like, phrasing isn't super useful. However, they give us a lot of stuff in the scene about, like, scuff weight and then when when michael's like she wouldn't go that way even though there's a broken branch there's so much mud in that direction it would leave too many tracks so she wouldn't so i know that that's a fake path and like there's there's a couple of things in that yeah, scene i'll take it you know what i mean i'll take it i as a combo it was something yeah i'll take it all right number two when you're trying to escape surveillance the first step is spotting it you're on the lookout for people who won't make eye contact figures sitting in parked cars or faces you've seen more than once if you can determine how you're being watched the best move is to change locations as soon as possible i feel like we've had this before but there was enough specifics i felt honor bound to include it i this one i don't know if i can take that's it. fine because we've had basically this we've same had, tip we before. basically have that before but i felt honor bound you felt honor bound. I understand that. Just like Michael and his not killing people. Exactly. I watched for the first time ever Crouching Tiger, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon last night. You never seen Hidden Dragon? No, because it was rated R, and my parents wouldn't let me watch uh, rated R movies when it came out. Fascinating. And so, like, it was yeah, like, but you uh, seem like just the kind of dork that would have like watched that in film school or something. I know, but I never got around to it. It's one of my blind spots. Um, and that's also I now I'm just thinking like, what if Ang Lee made a Burn Notice movie? Because <laughs> like. All, like, characters in an Ang Lee movie are just, like, Michael Weston. They're all, like, very emotionally repressed just people. It's like, he could do it. Number two, Russia and Cuba aren't as tight as they were in the Cold War, but their law enforcement agencies still operate closely. If you're looking for a Russian officer running a, running a manhunt in Havana, there's a good chance they'll be operating out of a local police station. Which means the problem isn't finding them, it's that they'll have an entire country's resources at their disposal. So... This is a twofer. Yeah. The 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 first fur <laughs> is that Cuba and Russia are tight. And I guess context, we're, what, four days into the Russian invasion of Ukraine right yeah, now? Yeah, that's an interesting thing about this season that we're doing right now. Sure is, but we can't dwell on it. So moving on, the second, the two, the, the, the second. So we know that Russia and Cuba are tight. Second fur was about like when you have a foreign power in another place, like go to the police stations. Like it's probably that they're going to, you know, if they're going to make as big of a splash as like we are obviously here, if they're not operating under the radar, go to the local police. But That's I, probably where they're hanging out. But I also feel like we've gotten that tip before in like domestic situations, wherein like yeah, they go to their a, embassy kind yeah, of yeah, not even embassy in the sense of like 
whenever that like if the cia is like doing a job i think there's a specific tip it's like if the fbi or cia are doing a job they will set up in the local police station okay i feel like that was an exact tip that's fine then. that we've gotten before okay uh i need you to know i know we are now if none of the rest of these make it well if none of the rest of these make it then it's definitely not getting it <laughs> okay if we say if we say no to even one more then it won't be a great episode. Okay. But, all right. For the third time, number two. If you need to create a roadblock in a hurry, the steel frames of old cars make an excellent barrier. The challenge is moving that much metal without a tow truck. What you need is a directed explosion. If you make sure that the shockwave from your C4 can't head down or sideways, the only way it can go is up. And the more contained the blast, the higher it will send a car flying. Yeah, I'll take this. Yeah, that was useful. I'll... Yeah, that was useful. I can't wait for us to have access to C4. We have right? so many things we can There's do with so it. There's so many things we can do with C4. All right. Number three is a spy. There's nothing better than gaining access to your enemy's war room. You can identify their weaknesses, see where they're deploying their forces, and if you play your cards right, you can even create an escape route for your friends. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> you wouldn't have otherwise. I might not have otherwise. But I also think, like, I think the, like, specific concept of not just like getting information but like creating your own like exit route mm -hmm. i think that was a thing that i had not occurred to me before. that was honestly why i put this in here no of so, course that's cool. the thing that i made me think of it mm -hmm. all right like, love yeah. that number four if you have no choice but to fly a plane in need of repair it's better to focus on what's necessary than what's ideal airplane technology may be complex <laughs> okay michael horowitz but the physics of flying are simple Mm -hmm. If you don't mind throwing away the safety manual, all you need are wings, a running engine, and workable controls. I don't know about this one. Yeah. I... I don't know. Hey, if you're in a tight spot, fix an airplane. And, like, <laughs> if I got, like, a little bit more about how airplanes work... Mm -hmm. Well, like, it's actually like... pretty simple. Um, You just need wings, a running engine, and working controls. <laughs> I feel like if I had those three things and that was it, it would not be enough. Yeah, I also I think, yeah. don't agree. Sorry. It, I can't, it, in good conscience, I, let this one pass. I know. I know. And I that's why I left all the other ones in. No, all right. No. Well, number four, the final spy tip. When you're simulating an attack on an enemy, it's more important to create fear than do any real damage. You can distribute your explosives for maximum effect. You want to use a variety of weapons to suggest multiple attackers, and after that, all you need is a good place to hide when the action starts. Oh, yeah, no, I'll take this. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. Doesn't matter, but I'll take it. Yeah, it doesn't matter because there were not at least five practical spy tips, so already a losing battle but we must go on for yeah, science uh um, go on for science too because i really like this episode i know i did too uh spycraft over violence for sure oh, yeah totally yeah for sure for sure for sure no alias sadly all right well i mean you know right. we had virgil tibbs and chuck finley but that yeah but count. not not a michael alias so yeah. at least two supporting characters use well fee does not get to be protagonist or blow something up no. fee was basically a prop this episode and really unfortunate it was really unfortunate because that could have been a much more interesting like i just i'm used to better from full scenes and storylines from michael yeah. weston like it it felt like it er, michael weston from michael horowitz it felt like an afterthought it really did feel like an afterthought and that's a bummer because other, the, the other parts of this episode were very right. fun. We've already discussed how peak Bruce Campbell Sam was. Uh-huh. Exceptional form. Exactly. Um, 
there's no Madeline. I'm just going to skip right to Madeline because otherwise yeah. the winds are going to be out of our sails. <laughs> Madeline has like two lines over the phone. We don't even see her and her glorious white mane. So here is the final deter- determiner. Does Jesse act as a distinct addition rather than a redundancy? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think so. No, also, like, we talked earlier, maybe last week even, about how, like, we really like the Sam and Jesse comedy team. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as long as we get stuff with them, like, even together, Mm -hmm. I think that that counts for Jesse. So, yeah. And there was there was a line earlier in the episode when, like, in the very beginning where they're all in the car talking about how Sonya's dangerous and he had some, and and Michael's like, "You, you just don't like her because she, like, hit you. And he's like, well, I didn't love that. Didn't love it. <laughs> and it felt improv. It no, felt no. not scripted. No, yeah. It's like, no, yeah, he really does it really well. It's like, it's like, you know what? Like, he's like, oh, I didn't love that. Actually, you know what? Yeah, I was, I am pretty pissed about that. Like, yeah. He like plays <laughs> it like, he's like thinking about it. It's like, you know what? Actually, yeah, no, I didn't like that. <laughs> in fact, I didn't like that she hit me in the back of the head. It was yeah. kind of a bummer. So yeah, no, he's great. He's great. Sam's great. Unfortunately, them being great is not enough. This is not a great episode of Bird Notice. Was it a great episode of television? I don't know if I can say that. I don't think I can. I think if the I Fee stuff was better, better like the Fee yeah. stuff really dragged it down. It really drags it down. It was truly such an afterthought. It almost felt like Gabrielle Anwar could tell. Like, she looked so defeated the she whole did. plot line. She really, really did. It, and I think, like, and also just, or if they had done a little bit more to feel like the A plot was about something. I mean, I don't even mind if it's about something. But, but I mean, like, like, that would save it for me. I think, like, that would... Like, I guess that's fair. But I think, like, there's there's a little bit missing in that plot where it's, like, if it was even a little bit more about introducing Sonia, which it kind of is, mm-hmm. but, like, not enough. Like, it doesn't have a statement about Sonia. Mm, she's just there and yeah. is kind of the Russian female Michael Weston. But, yeah, but not in a way that feels enough like that's the thing that they're doing right they're not she's not his foil exactly she's just also there yeah i think if yeah if she was his foil she's there she's young she's virile exactly she's a lot of (laughs) tall but no yeah i think if that was there i could take this being a great episode of television even with the weak fee stuff Mm -hmm. but it's not there it's not there but it's very fun so good job Michael. i really enjoyed watching it yeah i i did not hate my time but Mm. you know like I thought I was not going to have to watch Burn Notice this week. And so (laughs) I was glad when I was watching it that it was enjoyable to watch. Mm -hmm. This was a good week to have forgotten and then have to do it. Yeah, it really was. So um, with that, thanks again to Vincent E.L. for our theme music. You can find more of Vince's music at vincentel.bandcamp.com. And until next week, bye. I mean, you're the one who didn't send the invite. I didn't realize I had to invite you to a thing we do every weekend. (laughs) 